Magnesium is one of the most potent minerals inside of the body. Involved in over 300 enzymatic processes from blood pressure, blood sugar, bone density, migraine headaches, depression. Many of these things that people are thinking they need to take calcium for, they actually need magnesium. If you're really stressed, if you're a hard training athlete, if you are menstruating, oftentimes you're going to exhaust more magnesium. Have the tools, have the practices available that when it's go time, you can deliver what you need to do. And when it's rest time, you're able to do that. Welcome to the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast, where we meet the world's top experts to explore the secrets of health, mindset, longevity, and so much more. Are you ready to take charge of your existence and biohack your life? This show is for you. Please keep in mind, we're not dispensing medical advice and are not responsible for any outcomes you may experience from implementing tactics lying herein. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome back to the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast. Hi friends, welcome back to the show. I am super excited about the topic of today's episode and the guest who I don't even know now how many times I've interviewed this fantastic person. That's how you know that you have a keeper or a winner (laughs) when you've done that many interviews. But today's topic is something that I think my audience and just people in general have so many questions about, and that is magnesium. I know I have a lot of questions about it, but I am here with the man himself, Wade Lightheart. He's the founder of a company you guys know I love, Buy Optimizers. They make an amazing array of supplements to support really particularly digestion, but really all aspects of your health as well. But Wade himself, he is a three-time Canadian national all-natural bodybuilding champion who competed as a vegetarian, which is very, very cool. We don't have his partner, Matt, on the podcast, but one of the cool things about them, the partner for Bioptimizers, is Matt is actually on the, the keto meat-eating side of things. So it's a really unique partnership. And I think it really speaks to what my audience knows me for as understanding that a lot of different dietary approaches can work for different individuals. And that's what we're all about here. So Wade, thank you so much for gracing my show again. Melanie, always a pleasure. Great to be here. So I just feel really honored that you have me on your show and for all your listeners, and hopefully we'll be able to provide some insight into this topic. I think it's maybe one of the most important conversations that you can have in nutrition today because of the widespread deficiency that people are suffering from. I was really, really excited when Bioptimizers came out with a magnesium supplement because I cannot tell you how many times, well, A, we just get questions about magnesium. B, we get questions about recommended magnesium. So that was a really exciting moment. And we were like, we've got to do some interviews on this so we can actually, you know, get the science of what's going on, address a lot of the questions that people have, maybe some of the misconceptions. But before we do that, I bet a lot of my listeners are pretty familiar with you, but would you like to tell listeners a little bit about your personal story and what brought you to health and nutrition, bioptimizers, and all the things? Sure, I'll try to be as concise as possible. Basically, I got interested in health and fitness and all these kind of things when I was 15. Three things happened. My parents moved me to a very rural area. It was five miles to the nearest neighbor in the middle of the woods at this beautiful resort. I was, my parents were the caretakers. So it wasn't a great place for me to live at 15. Most people be just overwhelmed with the beauty and all that sort of stuff, but it gave me a lot of time by myself. I forgot about that because I always think of The Shining. (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of like that. It was kind of like that. Right. Just, just not the big long cabin. There were cabins and all that stuff. But then the second thing that happened at the same time, literally just shortly a time after is my sister was diagnosed with cancer. She was four years, my senior. And I watched her go through the medical model before she died at the age of 22, very young and very tragic circumstances. And so at that point, I realized that my health and my life was not a guarantee. So that's a big lesson to learn as a teenager. And certainly impacted my curiosity and my awareness because I was looking at, you know, as she went, struggled through that, I was like, I didn't make sense to me how her treatments were, seemed to be making her more sick. And, you know, in my naive question, I thought I need to go health, find healthy. And at that time, it was, you needed to look healthy. And so she had given me a bodybuilding magazine with, I still remember it to this day, had Troy Zuclata was the Mr. California, this blonde guy with muscles and I'm blonde. So I was like, I could relate to that and had two pretty girls on the cover and, you know, was a 15 year old driven mad with testosterone. I was like, oh man, maybe if I look like that, I can be healthy and attract females and all that stuff. So I got bit by the bodybuilding bug, got a job that summer working and paid for my first weight set and put it in the barn. And I had sawhorses and two wheelers under tractor tires and pulleys I built out there as a 15 year old, because in my, at that time in life, I didn't have a control over anything. And and bodybuilding was a way that I could not only have control over myself, but I could actually see incremental process or progress through training and through diets. And so I got into Arnold Schwarzenegger and all that. And eventually that led me to go to the university of New Brunswick to study exercise, physiology, and nutrition. And after four years of that, I found that, you know, it was a lot of compartmentalized components. And so at that point I started seeking out mentors, people that were producing the results that I wanted to do. I worked at every single stage of the health and nutrition industry, certainly in the supplement industry from, you know, manufacturing, being a sponsored athlete and to being into the development. I owned my own nutrition store. I worked in the warehouses. I worked in retail and then ultimately got to the point where I was writing books and developing my own supplement line. And so I know all the ins, the outs, the bad, the the good, the ugly about that industry. And then years later, after I had won a couple of national titles and competed at the Mr. Universe as a vegetarian, what was interesting at the the universe I gained after the my first Mr. Universe in 2003, I gained 42 pounds of fat and water in 11 weeks. And that was a just a jarring thing because here I'd spent 16 years, you know, working at what most people would call the cosmetic idea. And I think most people are attracted to a cosmetic level of fitness. In other words, they want to look good and may compromise their health in order to do that. And certainly I did. And it was devastating. And I had the good fortune of meeting a a Dr. Michael O'Brien. And he was this vibrant senior citizen. He had clear skin and he was super strong and he was just had so much energy and he could look right through. And and I went to a seminar with him and I walked up and I said, here's my story. I don't know what happened. What what am I doing wrong? And he said to me something that I'll never forget. And he said, Wade, you've learned to build the body from the outside in, not the inside out. And I can show you how to do that. And so we did. I started using enzymes and probiotics that I just wrecked my digestion. And once I repaired that and started using some of these, I would say more holistic health principles, I was able to regain my physique in about six months. But what I was able to experience was something I hadn't experienced before, which was a a new level of vitality. Previous, we have a philosophy at Bioptimizers, which is aesthetics, performance, and health as a triangle. And you typically 
go towards an aesthetic version and then you get kind of obsessed with performance and then eventually you go, I need to make sure I take care of my health. That's just generally the trajectory that most people follow through. And we look at all three of them simultaneously and what we can advance on those. And for us, that's where we started. And Matt and I, since that, that was in 2004 and we went on and not only did I scratch my health, I got to go back to some world championships. I didn't have the I didn't have the blowouts after I did better than I did before. And I felt great. And at that point, we really took the brand to a bigger level to the world at large. So we were cut and dry in the, in the, hard, uh, the high performance area. But when you know, the high performance area you know, fell apart, we understood the other aspects that we needed to you know, become aware of and switched our focus. And that's how Bioptimizers came into being. And we've been happy to you know, help tens of thousands of people around the world since that time. And we're continuing our mission. That is so incredible. I know listeners are probably already super encouraged and motivated by that story. I was just thinking about how when you experience something traumatic in life, like the death of your sister, which is so tragic. I'm so sorry about that. I feel like, you know, things like that are really anything, especially now with this whole, you know, COVID and quarantine, it's like people often turn to, you know, like you were talking about, controlling their food to create this aesthetic ideal because it seems like the one thing they can control. But then of course, not only is there the potential for like you experienced with like the rebound effect, but then the emotional aspect of that, of losing seemingly all the control of the one thing you are controlling, it can just be, you know, further traumatic. So it's so great to hear that that there is hope to, you know, grow healthier and stronger from it. I love that you competed again after that rebound effect that you experienced. I could go on and on, but I guess we could jump into today's topic. So magnesium, because a lot of the things we've talked about prior with you guys have been digestive enzymes, probiotics, things like that. So magnesium, I'm going to ask a really simple, basic question, but what is magnesium? Great question. Magnesium is one of the most potent minerals inside of the body. And what it regulates, it regulates everything from blood pressure to your blood sugar, bone density, and migraine headaches, depression. It's part of serotonin manufacturing. It's, it's involved in over 300 enzymatic processes. It's so important for cognitive function and memory. It is also a big factor when it comes to PMS, magnesium deficiencies. I mean, the list just keeps going on oxygen uptake, you name it, magnesium is involved in this process. And what's fascinating is so much, so there's so much emphasis and focus on calcium and calcium and magnesium exist in a two to one ratio. But with most of our diets, we're very calcium dominant and magnesium deficient and magnesium is actually the control component. So oftentimes many of these things that people are thinking they need to take calcium for, they actually need magnesium. I just had Dr. Sanjay Gupta on the podcast the other day and he was he's a heart vascular heart doctor and he was like he feels that every single one of his clients needs to be on it. Like everyone, and this is a medical doctor that doesn't have that training, but he found that taking magnesium supplements were far superior than many of the, the mandated drugs for cardiovascular conditions. That's how potent he feels that is. That is insane. 
so the calcium relationship between calcium and magnesium, I know a lot of people might think calcium for bone health and things like that. So people who are potentially at a risk for calcium deficiency or osteopenia, even osteoporosis, how does one properly pair together calcium and magnesium? And how do they know, should it be at the same time? Like, do they compete with each other? How do they interact in the body? Yeah, great question. So basically what happens, and I'll just create this really simple for people to understand, is that for every two calcium units, you need one unit of magnesium. So if you're running a deficiency of magnesium, and let's, let's, let's just use simple terms so people can understand this is to kind of demonstrate how you would look at that. So if, if you say, let's say you need 100 units of magnesium on a given day, and you're only getting 50 units of magnesium a day that your body requires, generally you should have 200 units of calcium 200 to 1 is what your requirements are. Now, the, oftentimes what happens is you're going to have maybe 400 units of calcium. You're going to have way more calcium in your diet than you are going to have magnesium. And instead of being in a 2 to 1 ratio, now you have an 8 to 1 ratio. So your body will now start to dump calcium in order to regulate the magnesium component that you're able to work with because they interact in, in a variety of different channels from muscle contractions to nervous system function to, you know, neurotransmitter formation. And so what happens oftentimes is people are taking in so much calcium that they're further amplifying their magnesium deficiencies. Wow. Okay. What about on the flip side? What if you were to overdose on magnesium? Would that deplete calcium? So, so there's two, there's a couple components and just so people know, I'm, and I don't recommend this Matt and I are kind of radical biohackers, and we have a lot of supporting naturopathic doctors, medical doctors, testing and stuff like that. So I've gone to the wall on magnesium, if you will, because I'm so fascinated with this mineral. And if you take certain types, first thing, the breaking the GI barrier, that's going to happen if you take a higher dosage of magnesium. And I'm actually going to share with you a little bit later about how you mitigate taking in too much magnesium, whether that's through divided dosages or selecting specific magnesiums over others. Because sometimes you want magnesium for a laxative effect and that, that's been used. And sometimes you don't want that. You want magnesium for different parts of the body. So different types of magnesium. There's a variety of different types of magnesium that work in different components of the body. And then the other thing is, is a deep sense of relaxation. So when I was doing my magnesium research, one of the things that I did was IV magnesium. And please, if you're going to think about doing that, be under the supervision of a qualified magnesium practitioner, a naturopathic doctor who can supervise that because you could totally shut your body down if you took in too high of dosages. And so at high dosages, and we're talking about 10 milligram or 10, 10 grams pumped through an IV, and you don't go to that level, you would go to whatever tolerant level, you get almost almost rubbery, like you can't really contract your muscles or get around very well, and you kind of feel woozy. It's kind of a, kind of a nice, pleasant feeling. And then you'll also experience little pieces in your body that are actually burning. And that is where you have calcium buildups inside your muscles, inside your brain, inside different organs of the body. You'll actually start to feel heat 
as the magnesium starts to bond with the calcium there. So this chemical reaction is going on inside the body and it can be helpful for flexibility and helpful for relaxation, but you can really overdose that. So you have to monitor that. That would be at the super high dosages. You would never be able to take that kind of dosage in a, in an oral form. And I certainly don't recommend it, but it was one thing that I experimented with. Wow. Two questions about that. What type of magnesium was it for the IV? We tried a different variety one. So I, I'll, I'll put it in the show notes so I get the one that was best. I forget which one that we ended up going on. My naturopathic doctor kind of broke it all down for me. So that's a good question. I should leave that. I don't want to, I don't want to misstep because we tried a bunch of different ones and I forget which one was the safest. So so for listeners, we'll put that in the show notes. And the show notes, by the way, will be at melanieavalon.com slash magnesium. I said two questions about it, but I actually have three. So the second one is, what was the purpose of that? Were you just trying to experiment with how the body reacts to different types of magnesiums? We have a what I call the bucket theory of nutrition. And what I mean by that is, okay, let's imagine that every single nutrient inside your body is a full bucket versus an empty bucket. So if a full bucket, you have exactly the total amount that allows your body to operate functioning perfectly. And let's say at the bottom of that bucket, there's a hole. Well, that hole to me is relative to your lifestyle. So your lifestyle is how much of any given nutrient that you're burning up on any given time. So different people with different genetics, different lifestyle, different activity levels are all going to determine how big that hole is. For example, if you're really stressed, oftentimes you're going to exhaust more magnesium than if you're not stressed. Okay. It's, it's related to the stress response or the development of neurotransmitters. Or if you're a hard training athlete, for example, magnesium is going to help. If you are menstruating, you're going to require more magnesium. So for example, the average woman, she because of the cycle requirements of, of a, of a woman going through her monthly cycle, She varies significantly in her requirements for magnesium just in the course of the month, as well as other key nutrients. And that's why it's a little bit more complicated when you're dealing with female anatomy because they build babies for Pete's sake. You know, it's like a whole that like guys don't do that. Women have the ability to build a baby. And that's a pretty amazing engineering experiment. And in order to do that, you need a neat, unique biochemistry to do that. Same thing as you know, a gold medalist, a gold medalist has requirements. So that's going to change the hole in your bucket. So going back to why was I doing that? Well, we understood that the deficiency of magnesium was so great that it would take an extraordinary period of time in order to even fill up that bucket, if you will. And so one of the things I said, well, let's, what if we can do IV, like you can do IV vitamin C. And I found a practitioner. I was in Bali, Indonesia at the time that was willing to do it. And then ND turns out to be a friend of mine. He was a special forces naturopathic doctor and everything. Pretty interesting guy. And says, yeah, he's like, yeah, we used to do this as part of some of the processes that he used with elderly people with osteoporosis and people who are suffering from various neurotransmitter issues. And, you know, that was leading to psychological issues and stuff like that. I said, well, hey, let's give it a shot. And, you know, we started at a small dose and we kept going up until we kind of hit tolerance. And that was like, okay, this is good as a way to kind of fill up my bucket, if you will. Later on, I realized there was a lot of unsophistication with that strategy because as I dove deeper into the magnesium equation, I found out that different magnesiums have different effects on the body. And there's probably 30 different magnesiums, I think, out there, some of which you definitely don't want to take. 
you know, and then some of them which are superior and then other ones would be specialized magnesiums. And so we'll get into kind of the ones that I think are important a little bit later, but it's such a big array. It's not just magnesium. It's like chocolate, which by the way, is a great source of magnesium. And one, I do believe that a lot of reasons why people crave chocolate is because of magnesium deficiency, but there's all different kinds of chocolate and there's all different kinds of magnesium. And each chocolate has its own note, its own taste, its own flavor, its own effect in the body. Well, it's even more pronounced in the world of magnesium. How many types of magnesium are found naturally in nature versus, because aren't some of these like created, it's like magnesium attached to a certain compound? Or are they all natural? Well, all of them are going to be attached to a, a compound in, in supplemental form. Magnesium is a very good bonder. So different types of magnesiums are available in, in different foods. So for example, and I always believe that everybody should go for food right off the bat. Now, I, I don't have the scope of breaking down which magnesium is in each type, but you will instantly notice that some people will do really well consuming leafy greens if they have sufficient levels of hydrochloric acid to extract magnesium. Most people don't have good levels of hydrochloric acid, so it becomes very difficult to get the magnesium out of those greens. Fruits, avocados, and bananas, which of course people aren't doing on a ketogenic diet, right? Nuts and seeds, of course, different nuts and different seeds depending on legumes, vegetables, so seafood. So, for example, a lot of the seafood stuff, which seem to contain a lot of the threonate, which is maybe one of the reasons why, or, or, as well as dark chocolate, I really like threonate. Uh, it's one of my favorite magnesiums. Uh, it's kind of for the brain. It's one I noticed the most. But That one's engineered, right? Like magnesium threonate? Yeah. Because it's not found naturally, right, anywhere? Yes. But there is some evidence that dark chocolate seems to be able to, the magnesium seems to be superior in neurotransmitter formation. That's why I think it's mood enhancing. And the threonate is one of the things that I think is superior in the building of neurotransmitters. And so many people are neurotransmitter deficient that going down that road, again, it comes down to this, does the magnesium cross the brain barrier? And you need to have a magnesium that can do that for the, for example, the brain enhancing effect, which would be different if you're looking for magnesium like citrate that's going to draw water into the intestines for say flushing out the body if you're constipated yeah i was just thinking more about the three and eight one because i you know read about how it crosses the blood brain barrier and how it's great for you know addressing that sleep things like that but i was asking for questions in my facebook group for you about magnesium and one person brought up something really interesting and they were saying that they were concerned by the idea that since magnesium three and eight isn't naturally found in nature, like what are the implications of creating a compound where magnesium is crossing the blood brain barrier when perhaps it wouldn't have been normally in like our normal diet? I thought I just thought that was interesting. I thought it was like, I was like, that's a good, that's a good question. Well, it is a good question. And to be frank, there is probably some doshas that would be not recommended. However, I think on a functional side, you'd have to take so much magnesium to throw your body off. I think you'd run into other troubles before you would run into any brain issues. The other thing is, is there are some people who don't tolerate magnesium thrown at that well. 
And if they do, they're going to notice it right away. They, they would notice that, hey, this doesn't feel right in my head or they feel some sort of like headache or something like that. And that means, you know what, that magnesium is not right for you. And so one of the things that I did individually is I was testing different magnesiums for my own body. And then Matt was doing it for him. And then we have kind of like a team of insider biohackers. So this is very unsophisticated, but it's more clinical. We'll take a group of people, we'll run the tests on our products, and then we get them to you know give us the data, give us the flow rate, give us the feedback. So we get data, we get personal feedback, and then we kind of look at that and see what is concordant. So it allows us to test a little bit faster. So we base it on the science, we base it on the chemistry that we kind of concoct together, and then we, we apply it in the world. And there's always some tweaking that's involved. Double blind studies are very convenient after something's been proven in the real world. Oftentimes it's 20 or 30 years later. And for someone who's magnesium deficient, you need to deal that. So a person, I don't think there's any real fear about that. I think a person consuming sugar is far more risky <laughs> than, or trans fatty acids. I think those have a far greater risk than a little bit of magnesium in your brain. Hi friends. Do you want to come hang out with me and Dave Asprey and so many other guests I've had on the show? You simply must come to the 10th annual biohacking conference, May 30th through June 1st in Dallas, Texas. And of course I have a massive discount code for you guys. I went last year to the one in Orlando and it was one of the most fun times of my entire life. I met and got to hang out with so many guests that I've had on the show. I met so many of you guys. And of course, there's lots of Danger Coffee and Dave Asprey approved meals and dry farm wines. And that's just the social aspect. The conference itself is mind-blowing. They have this incredible expo where they have all the biohacking supplements, all the biohacking things. You can learn about them, try samples meet the creators and founders. If you haven't tried a lot of biohacking things, it's a great chance to actually try them out in person. Things like brain tap, infrared sauna, hyperbaric oxygen chambers, and so much more. There are so many incredible speakers as well. You can hear talks from people I've had on the show like Paul Saladino, Dr. Daniel Amen, Dr. Sarah Gottfried, Dr. Mercola, Dr. Annika Becca, and that is just a few of them. I seriously had the time of my life last year, and I would love to hang out with you guys. And you can get 35% off tickets. Just go to melanieavalon.com slash biohackingconference and use the coupon code BCMelanie to get 35% off your tickets. That's melanieavalon.com slash biohackingconference with the code BCMelanie to get 35% off your tickets. This code can be used for general admission or for VIP access. Seating is limited. They do sell out. They sold out last year. So get your ticket now. And if you come, definitely let me know because I want to meet you. So hopefully see you guys in Dallas. MelanieAvalon.com slash biohacking conference with coupon code BCMelanie. Get your tickets now. I'll see you guys there. Hi friends. Okay. So I'm a little bit embarrassed because I've been talking for so long about red light and near infrared therapy, which is so, so important. However, I kind of left out something really important about light. So as you guys know, I've been talking about red light and near infrared for so long. And at the same time during the day, I was using a bright, sad light. So it's those white lights that help with waking you up, help with your circadian rhythm. They're used to combat mood issues and depression. So I have a really bright white one of those 
at my desk. A few things about that. I knew it helped wake me up and kept me stimulated, but I wasn't sure if it had any detrimental effects using it. And then two, I was also wondering if by just focusing on red and near-infrared light, was I somehow missing something in the full spectrum of light? Guess what? I was. And guess what? I found the solution. And guess what? I have a discount for you guys. So the founder of a company called Soulshine reached out to me and he was like, do you know about the importance of full spectrum light? And I was like, you know what? I've been wondering about this for quite a while. Please educate me. Oh my goodness. This man blew my mind. I talk a lot about the problems of blue light. That said, we evolved a natural full spectrum sunlight that our genes are programmed to respond to. And today we do not spend enough time in that light. A lot of us don't go outside and we're overexposed to blue light. It's a problem. And then to make things even more problematic, the common sad lights that I was talking about that are bright white, they actually do not contain the full spectrum light. They filter out certain wavelengths and they're high in blue light. So just like I thought, it was not doing my health many services. There is only one company I have found, or I guess that found me, that makes a full spectrum white light device. So the Soul Light Systems include the fullest spectrum of visible and invisible near-infrared light with traces of UV light. Yep, that's right, because you need all of that as well. Don't worry, it's not an exuberant amount that's going to cause a problem. It's just a tiny little dose that your body actually needs. You can use these lights to fix your circadian rhythm and properly stimulate your brain's suprachiasmatic nucleus or SCN in a way that it was supposed to be stimulated. It's kind of like the natural spectral diet because yes, you may be suffering from malillumination. Did you know that your entire bloodstream actually filters through your eyes in a relatively short amount of time, that's the only way your blood is exposed to the outside world. So when we expose our eyes to this light, it actually can have beneficial effects on our blood. That is crazy. It helps with skin, with mood. This is the light that I wasn't thinking about that we need. I love Soulshine's light therapy devices. I do use it in combination with my red and near-infrared light devices as well so that I can fully bathe my body in the best light that is so helpful for my sleep, for my stress, for my metabolism, for my immunity, for my health, so many things. They have so many different device options. They have one that I love that kind of looks like a juve and I sit it on my desk and it has options for the full spectrum light, which is that bright white light, as well as the near infrared option. So what I do is I do a session of the full spectrum light in the morning and then I run the near infrared to help counteract the negative blue light around me. They also have stands with bulbs that you can get. I've been using some of those on my plants. I am just so grateful that Ken at Soulshine found me because I was missing out on such a key aspect of light and I had no idea. And you can get 10% off at melanieavalon.com slash soulshine. That's S-O-L-S-H-I-N-E with the code melanieavalon. So melanieavalon.com slash soulshine, S-O-L-S-H-I-N-E with the code melanieavalon for 10% off. It's really helped my mood, my energy, my sleep, so many things. I think you guys will love it. So again, go to melanieavalon.com slash soulshine, S-O-L-S-H-I-N-E and use the coupon code melanieavalon to get 10% off site-wide. And we'll put all this information in the show notes. And then my last question from your original story about the IV magnesium, you talked about how you had a burning sensation. So is that all related to, I know with like topical magnesium, people often experience a burning sensation. And I had read it was because 
I don't know if this is true, that the skin was sucking it up so fast because it needed it. And that was what created the burning. But now I'm wondering if it actually relates to calcium or do you know what causes that sensation? Well, it could be one first thing I would always ask is what is age, what agents is, is the magnesium with? That'd be the first one that I would suggest, you know, because you never know what, if you're taking a topographical magnesium, what it's been with that could cause an irritation. Number two, uptake can be an issue because I know some people, if you go into a float tank and if you have, for example, any open wounds or cuts or scrapes or whatever, you're going to feel some burning there. And that's part of, that's kind of like a, it's a magnesium salt essentially that you'll find in water, which is not necessarily that absorbable by, by a lot of the tissues in the body, but it does have a calming effect on the nervous system and on the muscle tissue, particularly if you do floating, which I'm a big proponent of floating as are most of our team members. Then I don't know about the uptake side of it. I, I, I can't answer that one accurately, but I do know what I feel and there's some evidence to support this as hasn't been all fleshed out in the, you know, in a long-term like flexibility studies is, for example, I had an old shoulder injury from way back in the day. And I know I have calcium deposits built up there, it causes a little tightness and things like that. When I was doing the intravenous, I, I started to notice that, well, guess what? That burning is right in the spot where I have the calcium deposits. And I could also feel it in my brain as well. And we know that we build up calcification in the brain and all tissues. It's a natural part of the aging process. And I do believe that some of it is accelerated through magnesium deficiencies. And so what I have noticed is through magnesium supplementation, I have been able to increase my flexibility. That's probably the weakest area in my whole training regimen throughout my historical component. I'm working on it. We all struggle in certain areas and I like stretching, but I don't like stretching as much as I like lifting weights, for example. So it's, we always have our challenges. So yoga is not your main calling. I do the meditation side of it. I'm, I'm, I would consider myself a yogi because I'm very much into Eastern philosophy, mysticism, meditation, and the kind of spiritual components of what yoga is, which is union with the infinite intelligence. However, my exercise performance on yoga is, you know, basically 38 moves, very, very limited that I run through in like 15 minutes before I sit in my meditation. It's not like go to a class and really work the areas that I need to work or counteract the muscle tightness that I have. The topical magnesium, I experimented with it like a few years ago and I tried multiple different brands and it's like a thing, like the burning sensation. People are like, this one burns, this one doesn't burn, but that was the general consensus in the interwebs that it had something to do with like how, like, because we're so magnesium depleted that the skin just like sucks it up. And maybe the fact that it's, you know, a salt or, you know, slightly, I don't know, interacting with the calcium, slightly caustic, I don't know, but it can be painful. Yes, it can. Yes, it can. Just one other point on that too. There's, there's an intricate relationship between magnesium and your nervous system. And it's a really big nervous system regulator. So there is a, so for example, when stress goes up, as in Olympic athletes, for example, who put themselves under incredible levels of, of both mental and physical pressure, the body burns, literally burns up higher levels of magnesium. So temperature regulation is another issue with magnesium and stuff. So it's really fascinating, like all these different processes that magnesium, like there's, we could go on for days because it's like, I, 350, some people say, other people say 600. I haven't even exhausted the list myself. I'm still learning. 
was going to say, it sounds like that and, and vitamin D, but that's a hormone, not a mineral. Vitamin D, I think the best way to get it is from sunshine. Even if you take, let's say you're taking 5,000 IUs of vitamin D, it's going to take up much better if you, you jump in the sun for 20 minutes after you take it than if you just take it in the dark, for example. So there's an interaction between the sun and your uptake of vitamin D. And I think that's true with a lot of vitamins and minerals. Vitamin D is so powerful. I wasn't aware of that. So sun exposure actually increases your uptake of the, if you're taking it as a supplement. Yes, it does. And, and funny enough, I was just in a conversation this morning with our chief researcher at Bioptimizers, Katrine. She's kind of like a super genius who, you know, feeds me the information that I need to get like, you know, figured out in my little brain to, to, to completely understand and, and find applicable applications. And we were talking about that this morning. On a comment, there was some stuff with Rhonda Patrick was talking on Joe Rogan. A bunch of was talking about vitamin D. I'm making my way through that one right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's so a vitamin D, and she was comparing it with Matheson. He was another guy that was, you know, kind of challenging some of her assumptions. And then, you know, Katrine was kind of synthesizing the components between the two of them. And so we kind of get into these kind of geeky conversations. And so <laughs> I love it. And is there a relationship between vitamin D and magnesium? I'm not sure if I can support that. I think vitamin D though, I think it's like 5% of our genetics is affected by it. So I would think that there's a lot of things it would, it, it's likely that it is on your uptake and assimilation. I wouldn't discount it, but I can't say here's the research, here's the proof that that's, there's a direct correlation because some of these correlations are hard to prove, but I know myself, if I'm in sunshine regularly, like I am right now, I'm staying in Arizona during a lockdown. I'm actually adjacent to Katrine's house. So we're getting into a lot more geeky conversations. Everything works better with sunshine. I mean, across the board, all my hormones, all my nutrient levels, everything has bumped up. I've been here for an extended period of time during the lockdown and all of my numbers and everything have gone up. And one of the only big, really the biggest change that I've made is I'm out in the sunshine for three hours a day now. Yeah, I think it's so, so huge. Even in the winter, I know it's controversial, but I have a membership at a tanning salon and I basically, I just go in the cheaper beds because the UVB, is it UVB, the, the, the rays that you want, the ones that, you know, don't actually make you tan, they're the cheapest, which works well. And I will go in literally for like a minute <laughs> and they're like, okay, <laughs> but I think it's really good for, especially in the winter months when there's not much sunlight. Well, I used to live in Vancouver, right? So the essential survival of Vancouver without getting depressed for me was I had to go into, literally, I went into a high pressure tanning bed twice a week. And I couldn't tell you how great that was for my health and vitality. And I know a lot of people would say, oh, well, it's, you know, like you getting sun damage and stuff like that. Well, it's better than jumping off a building because I'm depressed. Not that I was, I'm kind of using exaggerated components, but I think when someone just says, well, you're going to get sun cancer from that. Well, I said, well, it's better than jumping off a building as a comparison. And I would recommend that for literally, oh, hundreds of my clients who lived in low sunlight places. It was remarkable, the, the, the effect. So I'm a big believer in good old sunshine. And we've lived, we live indoors now, which is not natural for humans. And the difference in the amount of light we receive on a given day is super, super different than before. I actually I think yesterday interviewed Andy Mann at Blue Box about light exposure changes. And it's just, it's just crazy. 
actually speaking to that, so the environment and the environment changing, it's often talked about the mineral depletion of our soils. So historically, magnesium, were we getting it all from food and was it in the food sources from the soil? What's the connection between magnesium as a dietary source today in relation to the soil, how that's changed you know, from hunter-gatherer times compared to today? Yeah, great question. So there's a couple of things, and this is a very passionate topic for me, and I'm learning more and more in the other day, every day. So a lot of the deficient, so let's just back the truck up for a second. If you were to have, say, a peach or an orange from 1955, and you do a comparison to an orange or peach today, you would need like 50 plus peaches or oranges to make up for the equivalent in 1955. And you're going, wait, how's that possible? Well, you have to understand that our definition of food that we came up with was incomplete. So starvation has been the number one killer of humans throughout all time. And right now during the COVID virus, 130 million people have been added to the starvation list, totaling over 265 million people right now are going hungry and don't have nutrients. And it's killing people all over the world. And that thing's pretty radical in Western world. But I would say this, I believe that we are starving here in North America. And that's why there is a proliferation of obesity and excessive weight gain. Because I believe that part of the reasons that people are overeating is because there's under nutrients in the food. And there's also chemical agents that are designed to mimic essential vitamins, minerals, and nutrients that our bodies require that we're not getting. So it makes us try to consume more. It's literally tricking our nervous system. We think we're getting magnesium and we're getting like polymag, what the, you know what, uh, you know what I mean? And that, how did that happen? Well, that happened literally is, you know, it happened as we went moved to a hundred gap from a hundred gatherer into more civilization. And we started doing more monoculture, but after world war two is where this thing really took off world war two. We had all this leftover bomb making material and we thought, well, what can we use this for? Well, if you, a lot of it, the, the base of that was nitrogen. And if you add nitrogen to the soil in the form of fertilizer, it has a growth effect on the, the speed and yield of the crops. And so we moved from, we used to have like crop cycling. So if you go to the old farms, they'll have several different fields. And you're like, why do they have the different fields all portioned off? Why would you do that? So they would plant, you know, potatoes this year in that field. And next year they'd plant carrots. And the year after they do cabbage and the year after they do tomato. So they would divide that up and they would move the different plants into the different fields. And then one year they would grow hemp because hemp is an amazing restorer of soil. And they would plow that back into the ground and let the ground have a year of rest. And you would run these on these seven-year cycles. After World War II, we started going into government-sponsored monoculture farming to kind of meet the yield of, of for food production as the massive explosion of the baby boomers. And we started looking at ways of accelerating the growth of crops through farming. So if you look at the turn of the century, 90% of the people worked on a farm, and now it's less than 2% of the people work on a farm. So that's how fast and powerful our industrialization of society happened. Now, inside of that definition of food, we didn't, we didn't account for enzymes, we didn't account for probiotics, and we didn't account for what the natural mineral rates and vitamin rates were for. And this had horrific effects on our food supply. So 
what happens is as the elements became less available to the fruits and vegetables, although they were growing more, what was happening is they would start to get blight, they would start to get disease, the, the, literally the plant strength was weaker because it didn't have all the key elements. So what did we come out with next? We came out with herbicides and pesticides and fungicides in order to kill off the bugs because the, the, the plants weren't able to develop a hardy resistance like they would in nature because they were weaker plants because of these weaker elements inside the soil because now we were growing wheat on the same land every single year. We weren't plowing in. We weren't conditioning the soil. We were just throwing more fertilizer on this. And then when that didn't work, we threw more chemicals on top of that. And so over the course of the last 70 years, we haven't done a really good job of taking care of our soil. So for example, my mom's organic garden, you know, she uses cow manure. She puts in it every year for some of the probiotic components inside of that. She makes sure that she has a worm farm that she literally puts worms onto the soil. And then every so many years, my dad will till in various types of rocks, like ground up like really, really fine gravel in order to reconstitute the soil. And then if you're using, you know, an original type seeds, seeds that make other seeds or sometimes called heirloom, then you know that the components and elements that are required of that, that seed was hundreds of years ago are still retained as opposed to the big commercialized versions of seeds. And so when you have those two different two tomatoes, one's grown on nitrogen, one's grown on a factory farm, one comes in your thing and it looks perfect and has beautiful red tones and it's been genetically engineered and it's been sprayed and waxed and shines and sort, it looks beautiful and you eat it and it tastes like nothing. And then you have one of these kind of funky, weird colored, twisted looking tomatoes in my mother's garden who kind of builds things the regular way. And guess what? You taste that tomato and your brain explodes because you're like, oh my God, I've never had a tomato that tastes like this. And so many people who travel to Italy, for example, will have trouble eating, you know, pasta and tomatoes and all this stuff over here. And they go over there where it's, you know, grown in the local place and the local restaurant and the tomatoes come from there and they make their own home pasta. And they go, I, I don't understand. Why am I having this pasta that I, I don't feel the blast, gas, the bloating, it digests well, it tastes amazing. Why is that? Well, that's because they're actually using real food. And so we as a society where more people are living in cities, more people are defended on the modern food production and distribution model that uses all these agents, then also, also adds chemical elements onto it. That creates a definition of food that isn't really food. And I'm not blaming anyone. I don't think it was some grand conspiracy or anything like that. It's just sometimes when you take actions in a certain directions, you do not understand the consequences. And so we, we solve the food calorie problem very well in the food distribution. There's not a lot of people that starve in North America, even you know, with all the food banks and everything that are available for those who are less financially solvent. Well, then guess what? Why do we have such a great obesity rate? And I do believe it's because of this element of diabetes and food regulation, and it's all because we don't have the minerals. So I'm working at one day, I hope to be able to mandate from a political platform that the definition and requirements for what food is truly represent other than, you know, fats, proteins, and carbohydrates, because there's so much more to food than those elements. Those are a component of it, but they're not the whole picture. And I think we're suffering as a society because of it. It's so, so insane. And I think a lot of people might think casually about it, that food is 
not as rich in minerals today, but the whole aspect that you talked about, the potential for them to have compounds that our body mistakes as other minerals, it's just a whole other layer. I know, for example, like I recently interviewed Terry Cochran and she was talking about how I wasn't aware of this, how glyphosate actually can be mistaken by the body for glycine. And she thinks that that's one of the major reasons that glyphosate has had such a detrimental effect on our health with its pervasive nature in the environment. It's just, it's crazy. It's just, it's insane. Yeah. There's a great book by Eric Schlosser called Fast Food Nation. And he talks about the rise of the kind of chemical industrial companies that were using a variety of chemicals to increase the amount that a person was consuming of that product. Because in business, the cost of a client acquisition is one of your biggest costs. And so what they realized that they could spend money on making the food more addictive through these sophisticated addiction mechanisms. And that's when you saw that like the little tiny bottles of soda and the little tiny bags of chips when we were kids go into like you know, you you go into Costco and you 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 literally throw a sack of chips and a a jug of soda in your in your thing and, and your your cart's full. <laughs> you know, I've seen it. It's like, what the? How did we get to this point? Like, and of course, none of those things have anything to do with nutrient quality. But people consume it because why? There is you know empty calories in it, and it does give a blast to the brain from maybe sugar or carbohydrates or something like that. And those chemical agents, you know, you know, that commercial, you know, bet you can't just eat one. Well, guess what? That's true. <laughs> you know, it's very sophisticated design. So you have to realize that as a health advocate, you know, we're up against some of the brightest scientific minds in the world who are hired by paid very well by large corporations who are in the business of addicting you to things that aren't that good for you. Yeah, it's so shocking. I mean, if you just think about it, like historically getting a huge blast of fat, for example, would probably, I imagine, only come in the context of like an animal product, which would be rich in, you know, minerals and nutrition as well, or getting a huge blast of carbs, maybe with the exception of like honey, would probably come in the context of fruit, starches. And we were talking about how they've been so depleted today, but in the past that would have been that would have also had nutrition with it. So now we get all these signals or, or or I guess another correlation would be milk, which would also be high in nutrition. But we get these signals, but there's no nutrients. So no wonder we're still hungry because we're not getting what we need. Exactly. So some more magnesium questions, because I know a lot of people take magnesium. You mentioned it already briefly, like it can have a, a laxative type effect. A lot of people had a lot of questions for you about magnesium's relation to digestion. There were questions about if you find magnesium keeps things flowing in you, if you struggle with constipation, is it okay to take certain types of magnesium if it keeps things flowing like on a long-term basis? Somebody else wanted to know how it might affect the microbiome as well. So magnesium and digestion, two of your favorite things. Well, first and foremost, you're not going to break down your magnesium very well if you don't have good levels of hydrochloric acid. And so you can always do the baking soda test. You take a quarter teaspoon of baking soda and you put it in four to six ounces of water, stir it all up, mix it up really good, and then drink it down. And if you don't burp within the five minutes, you don't have enough hydrochloric acid. Simple, easy test. Most people the time they're 40 don't. 
So that's going to make it not only difficult for you to absorb magnesium, but a whole lot of other things. And it's also going to make you more susceptible to a variety of pathogens inside the body, whether that's parasites or viruses or bacteria, all that sort of stuff, because hydrochloric acid is related to that. Quick question for you about the burp test. So releasing HCl is what causes you to burp? Yeah, it'll cause it. Yeah. The, the, if you have enough hydrochloric acid inside the body, you'll, you'll burp. So you want to burp earlier rather than later? Yeah, the sooner you burp, the better. Just want to clarify. Okay, sorry. Yeah, no worries. So when it comes to magnesium, magnesium is responsible for also relaxing muscle tissue. And it's one of the reasons it was used in high-performance athletics. Dr. Charles Poliquin, who I studied under because, God rest his soul, he died early, but he coached 27 different gold medal, gold medals in 27 different sports, which is ridiculous. I know of no one, a person has ever done that. and magnesium was his secret sauce to repairing the nervous system, rebuilding neurotransmitters and relaxing the body. So in order for you to actually digest your food, it's best to be in a relaxed state. And if you're stressed out and you're pounding caffeine and you're doing the grind and you're in the, you know, a high Wi-Fi environment and you're in the city doing the hustle and doing that thing, which so many of us are, guess what? You're in a fight or flight mode. Your body is not even in a position to uptake any magnesium. Magnesium is a great component to relieve that. And so many people will take a piece of dark chocolate in the evening, or example, for example, and they, they put it and melt it in their mouth and they feel relaxed. And I do believe that this part of that is magnesium, part of that is the theanine and other neurochemicals. But there is an effect if you go to, for example, a float. If you float, before you eat, like if you eat before you float versus if you eat after you float, there's a different relation of that digestion. And that's because you need to get yourself out of the fight or flight mode into a relaxed state of being. So out of sympathetic and a parasympathetic nervous system, because if you don't do that, your ability to absorb nutrients, whatever you're taking is far limited. And I think that's a big factor for people today. The other thing is, if you're in electronics, blue light, Wi-Fi signals, all these things disrupt and accelerate the burn rate of magnesium. So I think where magnesium's role in digestion is, is first and foremost, just keeping the nervous system being able to flip into that relaxed mode. Second thing is magnesium is involved in about 350 different enzyme processes inside the body. Some of those are related to digestion. So in severe levels of magnesium deficiency, it can impact digestion as well. So people who do find a beneficial laxative effect from it, for people struggling with constipation, is there a potential for long-term damage? I mean, I know it's probably not the ideal. Sure. I mean, first and foremost, if going back to digestion, as, as, you know, we've talked about it in some other podcasts, the five stages of digestion and, you know, whether you have enough enzymes, whether you have enough hydrochloric acid and whether you have your microbiome in order. But I think background to that, there's a lot of people suffering from chronic dehydration. If you're chronically dehydrated, you're not able to draw enough water into the intestines and that can have a drying sensation. And that's why people go for, you know, colonics and colon irrigation and enemas and things like that. And kind of like the health thing. And they've experienced all these wonderful benefits. But I think if you're drinking bottled water or you're drinking chlorinated water out of the tap, without any pre-filters and not getting it to the, you know, a decent pH and stuff, I think you're asking yourself for trouble. So oftentimes it's chemical agents. The other thing is, is there's peristaltic contraction. So peristaltic contraction is the contraction of smooth muscle tissue in the body that moves 
the, you know, your food along and eventually your poop along. And because we sit a lot and we start losing muscle tone inside the intestinal tract, that's another reason. And then of course, water doesn't come in very well and we get dehydrated and we don't have a, and if we don't have enough magnesium, what happens is there's a contraction, but then there's not the relaxation. And the relaxation component is that's where you actually release, you know, the waste product out of, out of your body. And again, if you're cramping, if you're having insomnia at night, if you're feeling tight all the time or you're feeling constipated, guess what? It's because your body is in fight or flight mode all the time. Now, oftentimes that's caused by stimulants. I've gone through that program. I understand how that works, you know, by taking what I would call super physiological dosages of caffeine to burn through my workday when I was working for, I think it was two and a half, three years straight, 15 hours every day. Well, you're going to pay a price. Magnesium, particularly citrate, draws water into the intestines. And so the old orthomolecular nutrition model was you, you literally dose up until you break the GI barrier. In other words, your body can't absorb any more magnesium at that given point. And that's when you get the disaster pants if you don't make it to the bathroom quickly. Because if you hit tolerance really fast, you can like really like super relax very quickly, especially if you're really in really bound up. And so that can be, uh, you, you got to be careful with that one. Long-term, I always believe that no single supplement, no single nutrient, no single agent can get you out of a bad lifestyle. You've got to exercise, you've got to breathe, you've got to drink great water, and you've got to be able to take care of your mental health. If you don't do those things, you can get a short-term effect out of you know a product. But at the end of the day, you're not addressing the fundamental flaw in the whole system. And we're always adapting. We're always mutating. We're always changing. And life changes. It's very dynamic existence here on planet Earth. And so it's just to be able to regulate up or regulate down depending on what's going on in your life. It's not about living some serene life of, you know, in a perfect organic monastery somewhere in some, you know, halasan place of the planet. It's, it's about being able to have the tools, have the, the uh, practices available that you, when, you, when it's go time, you can deliver what you need to do. And when it's rest time, you're able to do that. But I think getting away from the blue light and the Wi-Fi signals and you know, not watching, eating your food in front of the TV is a big factor. I love so much that you have this company that is you know, giving these tools to help address health issues, but you come from this perspective of the holistic importance of everything and the mindset. And I was just thinking about the stress thing I've often heard that chronic stress is often when you feel like you don't have the resources to handle a situation. So like stressors kind of rise in life. And if you feel like you're capable and have resources to handle them, they likely won't, you know, cause as much chronic stress. But so often we just feel like we, we don't know. We don't know if we're capable. We don't know if things will change. I just, I think, especially now with like I keep mentioning, but the whole quarantine situation, there's a lot. So the, the supplement that you guys created, it's called Magnesium Breakthrough. Would you like to tell listeners briefly a little bit about the formulation, how they can take it, what it's going to address, the basics? I don't know how good I'm at briefly because I'm so excited about this product, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be briefly. <laughs> Go as long as you want. <laughs> so here's the thing. So let's start. Here's what happens. And this happens to virtually everybody that gets involved in magnesium is you start taking it and 
all of a sudden you hear about magnesium chelate and you hear about bisglycinate and you hear about citrate and you hear the throat like, oh, well, I'm going to try this one and I'm going to try this one. And you'll notice different effects from different magnesiums. And we're going to go through some of the ones that I've been able to document through research, which has been peer reviewed research, not just my own research. And it's how we came to the formulation. So literally this all started for me. I, I was literally getting into magnesium because I, I started to notice when I w- hit my burnout, magnesium made so much difference. I went right up. I just kept dosing up. I got up, I think, to five or six grams a day at one point, you know, and I, I went to the, the overdose at, at a moment uh, where, you know, oh, oh I got to make a run for the bathroom and I hope I make it. I've gone through those experiences, so I don't recommend it. I don't suggest it, kind of why we do these things. But I couldn't deny when you talk about that component of resources, how much my situation in my business didn't change that much. But my ability to handle and tolerate that and think better and think clear and be able to take time off and relax, that was regenerative for myself as opposed to staying in this kind of anxiety stress loop. And this was not by optimizers, by the way, it actually was another business that I have. I'm a kind of a serial entrepreneur, so I have a number of companies by optimizers being the prime one that I love the most. And I ended up dumping that company at the end. I got rid of that company after a while. So sometimes that's the best, you know, sometimes you just can't supplement yourself out of a bad lifestyle or it's just asking for myself too much. So I got all these bottles all over the place testing it. And it was like, okay, I'm taking one of these and I'm taking one of these and I'm taking one of these. And so it became really frustrating because I'd, I, I needed like five different bottles of magnesium in order to hit my magnesium doses, which I was feeling was delivering to all the parts of my body. And so what I'm going to share with you is what I learned during that time and how we came up with the magnesium breakthrough formula, because basically we tested all these magnesiums and we took the seven best ones that we felt would cover you from, you know, the top of your toes to the middle of your nose or whatever you want to call it. And that's how we came up with it. So again, we did, you know, manipulate the dosages of each one to kind of get the, the, the optimal level, what we feel is the optimal level. And we'll continue to test. And I'm sure there'll be magnesium breakthrough 2.0 and 3.0. It was because we never stop improving. We always suggest, we don't, we don't always think that we always nail it. We're always looking to improve it. So the big ones are, so for example, with the different magnesiums, I'll kind of run through these that I think will be very helpful. And then you can ask questions from that. So magnesium chelate, this is one of the, the essential magnesiums that regulates melatonin. This is one of the things that helps quiet the nervous system. So people that have trouble sleeping often do well or wake up, uh, like have a strange cycle of waking up or when they get up or when they go to bed or that sort of stuff, they're not able to to regulate that. That's often because of melatonin. But the precursor to that is magnesium. Magnesium chelate works really well for that. Okay. So it helps in activating various neurotransmitters, which calm the body. And I think what the calming effect of magnesium for me was a, a very valuable thing because I just think a lot of us are anxious about a lot of things. Now, going to your part with magnesium citrate, talking about people that are bound up or having constipation, this is the magnesium that draws the water into the intestines. Now, we only contain a small component of magnesium because we feel if your citrate is too high, you'll you know release much quicker than with the other magnesium. So that's the one that will draw the water into the intestine. So if you're looking to just use something as a laxative, I would suggest actually just going with a straight magnesium citrate for somebody. Just go get magnesium citrate, find out your dosage that allows you to go to the bathroom, 
dose up and, and you're off to the races. That was not our goal. We just wanted a, a small amount of citrate so that we're optimally regulating water coming into the intestines, but not so much that we do it at the cost of the other magnesiums. So that's how we kind of built the design of the product. Magnesium bisglycinate. So what this is great for high blood pressure, heart disease, magnesium is well known to, to decrease blood pressure. Also type two diabetes, because this magnesium is involved in actually breaking down sugars. That's type two diabetes. We think that it assists in insulin resistance. There's enough evidence in the literature to say that's true. Osteoporosis, that's another one, risk of bone fractures and osteoporosis. Migraine headaches, oftentimes people that have low levels of magnesium in their blood and their tissues, what happens is you get a constriction of the arteries going to the brain that cuts off oxygen and that's where you get the headaches. And then the other source of this is depression. So serotonin, for example, is the feel-good chemical in the brain. Now, if you don't have enough levels of magnesium to reduce serotonin levels, guess what? You then have issues. And oftentimes, people who are on antidepressants have to cycle off them and change different ones. And I believe, this is, this is a theory, this is not proof that there is evidence of it, that oftentimes antidepressants will exhaust magnesium supply and then you can't make the serotonin levels, you have to either up the dosage or you have to switch to a different antidepressant because of the mechanisms are different. So we've got a number of people who've reported really positive benefits from using magnesium and around how they didn't feel depressed anymore. Magnesium malate. Now this is for energy. So a lot of people that have chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia, as well as people that have high levels of aluminum in the body, magnesium malate seems to be the enzyme that's involved in removing toxic metals from the body, as well as a lot of the enzymatic processes. And you know how big I am on enzymes. Uh, magnesium malate is really good for that. Also, if you're doing a heavy metal detox, adding magnesium malate is very helpful because it binds to the aluminum and helps remove it, especially if you do, you know, something like Dr. Silver, was it Dr. Shades? Dr. Shade, Silver Scientific. I've had him on a lot. I don't know why they call him Dr. Shade. I mean, that's kind of the terrible name for a doctor, but anyways, <laughs> it's like, is this guy Shade? But uh, combining magnesium... Um, when you're taking his catch formula, like, you know, you do the liver detox and then you do the push catch. Yeah. 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 That, that's a great one. And I think if you add some magnesium into your diet, it works better. You just get better results. My favorite magnesium three and eight. So this is the most absorbable form of magnesium. It improves memory, assists with sleep. It helps enhance overall cognitive function. And I can tell you we go to a thing called 40 Years of Zen. You probably heard it on Bulletproof Radio. And we take our executive team and we go there at least once a year and we push our brains to the max. And what's interesting is depletion of magnesium is a big factor in how long your endurance is. And we were able to extend our duration far past anybody else that ever gone to that while we're training. And we attribute it to that we take high levels of, of magnesium three and eight as well as we float every day that we're in training. And that has a recovery, a regenerative effect on our nervous system. It also improves our cognitive function so that we can push our brains higher or faster on the neurofeedback. And we've replicated this over and over and over with people. Of course, again, we're into the clinical side of things. Does it work? Do we have extension? Are we able to go longer than the typical person? And we can say yes on all of those. 
So magnesium threonate is one of my favorites. And then there's taurate is another magnesium that we have added to the formula. That's, of course, good for irregular heartbeats. You know, taurine is a nootropic compound, helps pl- uh, pump blood to the body. I think this one is also very good in prevention of migraines. We have a number of people who have felt that they don't get migraines anymore since they started supplementing with one to two grams of magnesium per day. And in divided dosages, I might add, it's better to take it in divided dosages than all at once with food is great. As well, they demonstrate people who are taking taurate have demonstrated overall cognitive function and memory to improve. And it also can help build like GABA, like it's, it works similar to GABA, which is a neurotransmitter that blocks impulses to the nerve system. So kind of like you, we create noise in our nervous system. So taurine has been used, a lot of athletes will use it in order to kind of calm the body. So magnesium, like, you know, so basically it, it'll slow mental decline and it increases BDNF, which is brain derived neurotropic factor. And that's in, essential for the stimulate of new brain cells, particularly in the hippocampus. And we can talk a little bit more about that because I've been using, I've been using alternate day fasting to do that. And it's been extraordinary. Atori also helps die, type 2 diabetes as an insulin regulation, and it lowers the risk for PMS. And then on top of that, we've got magnesium orotate. And a lot of people really like orotate. Some people like that better than the threonate or the other ones. But this is the one that seems to have effects on calcification of damaged heart tissue, premature heartbeats, uh, increase in exercise capability and capacity. Also can have skin enhancing benefits that, you know, give you that kind of glow. And it's also involved in the availability of DNA and RNA precursors. So in the whole cellular replica- replication, so with since there's glycogen and ATP and all those things, all involved with that. So this is one of the things that a lot of athletes were using to maintain nerve function, vasomototorm, all those sort of stuff. As well, it helps with calcium absorption because sometimes you'll take calcium and can't absorb it again. We combine that with humic and fulvic acid as a monatomic blend. We know that that assists in the delivery of nutrients inside the cell. So we put that in there as well as vitamin B6, which will also assist in that process and manganese, manganese citrate. And all of these things have been proven to improve the absorption and utilization. So when we make a magnesium, what we did, we wanted to make a magnesium that literally would have the widest range of applications that wouldn't give you disaster pants too soon, and that you could actually reduce the amount of magnesium you had to take overall to get all of the potential benefits of magnesium from these different levels. And that's how we came up with magnesium breakthrough. And so far, it's been a smashing success for people. And when they try it, like all our products, they try their first bottle is on us. So for example, they try it, they don't like it, it doesn't work. Well, we'll take the bottle back, whatever you paid and give you your money back. That's not the case with magnesium. Almost every single person that not only just liked it is raved about it. And so I think it's largely part, there's just such a widespread deficiency of magnesium that, you know, we're covering all the bases. So whatever, if you've got deficiency in your heart or deficiency in your brain or deficiency in your nervous system, we're, we're setting a, a bigger spread on the, on, the, on the shot, if you will, to hit more of those deficiencies specifically in your body and people get results faster. Longtime magnesium users are finding they're cutting their dosages in half using our product. And so we're just delighted. And it, it just came out of because I was struggling. <laughs> I had to figure this out myself. Friends, you guys know I love wine. Do you love wine? 
I've done a lot of research on wine, and I truly believe there are a myriad of health benefits. The longest-lived populations drink wine. The polyphenols have a ton of potential health benefits, activating anti-aging sirtuins, potentially supporting our immunity, maybe even encouraging weight loss. Yep, it's actually not alcohol that makes people gain weight. It's what they eat when they drink. But if you want all of the benefits of wine, the type of wine you're drinking is key. Conventional wine in the US is often full of toxins. We're talking things like pesticides, mold, and additives. Dyes, colorizers, artificial flavors. Have you even seen some wine that says vegan? That's because conventional wine isn't even necessarily vegan because of the additives. I am obsessed with a company called Dry Farm Wines. They're not a wine producer, but rather a wine investigator. They go all throughout Europe and they find the wineries practicing organic practices, and then they test those wines to make sure the wines are, wait for it, low alcohol, low sugar, free of toxins, free of mold, and truly supportive of your health. I'm obsessed with Dry Farm Wines. One of the most fun things for me as a wine lover is you get mixed boxes of wine and it introduces you to varietals from all over the world. The wines taste amazing and you can say goodbye to hangovers. If you think you can't drink wine, you've got to try Dry Farm Wines. I am obsessed. You can get a bottle for a penny. Yes, a penny. Just go to dryfarmwines.com slash Melanie Avalon and use the coupon code Melanie Avalon to claim your penny bottle. That's dryfarmwines.com slash Melanie Avalon. All right, now back to the show. Hi, friends. So I'm sort of haunted by clothes. If you follow me on Instagram, you probably know that I love wearing all the new clothes all the time. And I know that that is not really sustainable and not good for the planet. That's why I am thrilled that there is now a way to get all of the clothes with none of the waste. And I'm going to tell you how you can get unlimited clothes with no waste for a month for free. That's right, I now have a website for both myself and you guys where you can get free unlimited clothes with free shipping, free exchanges, nonstop from all of the hottest brands, and it is so incredibly easy. It's called MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com. We have so many incredible brands, including my favorites like BCBG, Calvin Klein, and so many more. Think like a hundred brands. There are so many options. And the way it works is when you get a subscription, you search through the clothes, pick what you want. They send it to you with fast, easy shipping. You wear it as long as you want. And then when you're ready for more clothes, you just drop it off in their prepackaged envelope and get your next round. It is so incredibly cool. They have multiple plans. The starter plan gives you two pieces at a time. Friends, I actually have a little secret hack. Don't tell them that I told you this. When you get your two pieces, you can actually immediately go into your account, click return, and they'll go ahead and send you the next two pieces. So technically you can have four pieces at a time. You also have a cool virtual closet that you can keep stocked with everything you eventually want to order so you never miss out. And if you really like something and want to keep it, you can opt to buy it at a massively discounted price. Friends, I'm obsessed. This is finally the answer to wearing all the clothes all the time with none of the waste. Oh, and of course, one of my major reservations was the cleaning compounds that they use on the clothes because yes, it is dry cleaning, which normally makes me nervous. And they don't say this on the website. So I reached out to them and I was like, hey, what's going on with the cleaning? What do you guys use? Because I can't promote this if it's just normal dry cleaning. And thankfully, they let me know that they do not use any detergents, fabric softeners, or chemicals that are harsh. Everything is professionally dry cleaned or laundered with detergents that are free from dyes and scents. 
It's all gentle and it uses low temperature cycles. So yes, we are good on that front as well. It is the coolest thing ever. And you can try it free for a month. Yes, completely free. Just go to melanieavalonscloset.com to sign up. Free clothes for a month. After that, their plans are super affordable. We're talking honestly, an entire month is less than the cost of typically what would be the cost of one dress. And I am not kidding. That's right. Unlimited clothes for less than the cost of one outfit. I'm just so thrilled to bring this resource to you guys. I can't wait to hear what you guys think. So again, get free unlimited clothes for a month at melanieavalonscloset.com. That's melanieavalonscloset.com for all of the clothes, none of the waste. And definitely share your pictures and tag me on Instagram because I want to see all the fabulous things that you guys are wearing. That's melanieavalonscloset.com. Hi friends. One of the most valuable things that I do every single night of my life is my infrared sauna session. The brand that I use is Sunlighten. I did a lot of research on infrared saunas before deciding on them. Their saunas are so high quality. They're low EMF. And what I really love is they have a solo unit. That's what I have. And it's really great if you live in a small apartment, might be moving. It's just really an amazing investment and they have incredible deals and offers on it right now. You can actually get up to $200 off with the code Melanie Avalon, or if you're talking to a rep, just tell them that I sent you. And like I said, that will be up to $200 off and that will also get you $99 shipping. Normally the shipping is like $600. So that's a really, really big deal. And if you do purchase a sauna, forward your proof of purchase to podcast at melanieavalon.com. And I will also send you a signed copy of my book, What, When, Why. If you'd like to learn more about the science of sauna, two resources. I interviewed the founder of Sunlighten, Connie Zach. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. And then I also recently did an epic blog post all about the science of sauna. We'll also put that in the show notes. All right, now back to the show. I love it. That's the best, the best way when it's coming from, you know. I, th- I think so. I think so. I have some really quick follow-up questions about that. First of all, that was amazing. That was very comprehensive. I learned a lot about the different types of magnesium. So it's malate that was good for heavy metals, detox. Which one? Yes. Malate is the one for for aluminum. I don't know how I never came across that in my whole heavy metal journey. That's really, really fascinating. Well, it wasn't on it wasn't it wasn't on the Metallica album. Bad joke. It's a bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That's hysterical. So quick question though for, for listeners who are taking this. Is this a situation where since it does have all these different types of magnesium, I imagine any given person, like can everybody take it at the the dose that's prescribed and does it regulate to the body? Is there ever like a reason that it might not be appropriate for somebody in a certain dose. And on top of that, can people take a higher dose if they feel like it's benefiting them? Yeah, great question. So we have a philosophy going back to the bucket theory that I illustrate. And for people who want no more information about it, they can go to bioptimizers.com, go to our 12-week doubler energy course, go to the bucket theory of nutrition, and I actually display it and I show it on the board and I kind of give you the visual illustrations of that. There's three things when it comes to any nutritional supplement. And this foundation happens in orthomolecular nutrition, which was started by Dr. David Hawkins, Dr. Abram Hoffer, and Dr. Linus Pauling. Way back in the day, and they were treating all sorts of uh, psychiatric conditions with high-level dosages of nutrition. That's what orthomolecular psychiatry or orthomolecular medicine actually means, is finding the nutrients and and then treating patients specifically. And that should always be undertaken with the guidance of a professional you want to look up the orthomolecular societies, there's a lot of great information for people who are really struggling. To, and I highly 
recommend that you go and dive deep in that. But out of that came this. There's three levels of dosages that people can subject themselves to. There's what I call the minimum effective dosage, there's the maximum dosage, and then there's the optimum dosage. And typically, the fastest way to produce results on any given deficiency is first off, you can go take a spectracell test. So if you want to just get out of the realm of opinions and theories, go take a spectracell test. And basically that breaks down all the nutrient deficiencies that your body has with all your you know, minerals and all that sort of stuff. And it also addresses which ones that you have difficulty absorbing and utilizing. That test just squares away everything. And then when you start taking nutrient supplements, for example, you can, you know, pound whatever you're taking at the highest level possible and see the difference. And so what the max, I'll start with the maximum doses. We always recommend starting small, starting with the minimum effective dosage, whatever is recommended, and then increase the dosage until one of the two things happens. One, you get the runs. That's called breaking the GI barrier. You took too much, your body can't absorb it, and that's the highest dosage. Or two, that you have whatever the symptom that you were taking the product for became alleviated. That would be the two components that's going to determine. And what we have found is oftentimes you can take the maximum dosage going up from the small dose up to the maximum dose, stay there at a period of time until whatever, you know, whatever symptoms you were dealing with kind of go away and then start titrating down. So that you only are putting back into your body what you require. So if you look at it from a visual standpoint, it's like, hey, my bucket is empty. My burn rate, the hole in my bucket is, is more than ever. And if I only put the amount that I'm using right now, I never get to experience what it's like to have a full bucket. And with magnesium being like essential for so many enzymatic processes, so many different vital processes in the body, almost every different function you can imagine, and, and such a wide strate of deficiency... I'm more partial to start, you know, start with your initial dosage and, and, and start going up. And for most people, two capsules, two or three times a day kind of takes you up into that optimal slash maximal dosage. I've taken up as, as high as six grams in a day in divided dosage. You don't take it all at once. I'm not suggesting everybody do that, but that keep in mind, I'm a 200 pound guy with a lot of muscle. So you know, a hundred pound, you know, yogi who's, you know, you know, who, who doesn't have that much muscle tissue or body mass is going to need half of that. Find that you titrate, you go up, you go up, you go up in that divided dosage. So for example, you take two capsules in the morning, two capsules in the afternoon, two capsules in the evening with food. If you want to go higher, you would just add one capsule to your first meal, then go for, you know, a couple of days and then one capsule to your next meal. So you kind of hit your dosage when you, when you get the runs. At that point, you start titrating down. And then you'll find over trial and error your optimal level. So when I got started on this process, you know, I was up at literally five, six grams a day. And then I got to a place where I was calm. I got to a place where I could to tolerate caffeine again. It took me a year. It took me a whole year to get to that point. And now I'm down to, I take a one and a half grams a day. So I literally take two capsules, three times a day. And I literally, almost nothing rattles me now. And I've got, you know, high levels of stress of running a company. We all got family stuff. We're traveling around. We're all in this COVID thing. And none of it seems to be bothering me. 
I, like it's like okay well that's fine you know I, I, I wish it was different or this was better i sleep great i don't feel stressed in my work my muscle tone's never been better and i feel absolutely fantastic and here's a guy that was doing all the other things but it doesn't mean that you can't burn yourself out so and we get a lot of the reports all around from feedback from you know different influencers different nutritionists and stuff I'm like oh we're so glad that you made this because now i don't have to take five different bottles of things which i was doing at first this is so incredible. I'm so excited for my audience in particular to try it out and report back. I can't tell you how many times I'll do like a random post or an Instagram or something and ask like, what is everybody's favorite biohacks? And so many people say bioptimizers <laughs> as like an answer. So it's really incredible. So I'm really, really excited to see how everybody responds to this. And you do have an amazing offer for my listeners. So you can actually go to magbreakthrough.com slash Melanie10. So that's M-A-G-B-R-E-A-K-T-H-R-O-U-G-H, magbreakthrough.com slash Melanie10. M-E-L-A-N-I-E 10. And that will get you 10% off your order of Magnesium Breakthrough. So super grateful for that. I'll also put all this information in the show notes as well. One last question to end with, because I just have to ask you, you mentioned that you're experimenting with ADF. Are you, or I don't know if you were doing it historically as well, but are you doing it like 36 hours straight type thing with no food or, or do you do like a low calorie day or what does it look like for you? So, so keep in mind, I'm a I guess a lot of people would call me a middle-aged man now. <laughs> so I'm in my late forties and I have been doing, I do 12 hours. So I do from 8am to 8am. That's my food window. And then I do 36 hours of no food. Wait, 8am to 8pm. Then I do 36 hours. So I will not eat the next day. And then I'll start again at 8am and I'll do that three days a week with Saturdays. So I, I do Sundays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays where I'm not eating. And then Friday and Saturdays, I increase my, like, I, I don't watch what I'm eating or anything else. And what's really radical about this is the types of food I can have, the kinds of food I can have. I mean, I, I, I've done experiments where I've really gone off the reservation, you know, and ate a bunch of stuff that I would not normally eat to see what would happen. And it seems to make absolutely no difference. During the lock, I, and I, I incorporated this experiment during the lockdown because I, I didn't have access to a gym. And I'm a guy that goes to the gym five, six days a week. And I love the gym. I love working out. I love the environment. It's a great stress reliever. I just feel good. I like, I, I, that's kind of how I operate. And so when I had no gym, I'm like, okay, well, I had a little band set and someone, I got some dumbbells delivered to me about three weeks into this thing, I thought someone brought me a new Ferrari or something. It was awesome. <laughs> you know, it's like, I got these like regulating dumbbells. And so I started from that point that I could not do the same type of workouts that I was normally doing. And the results were extraordinary. Not only did cognitive function stay great, like just, it seemingly improved. So my ability to think through complex problems and have brain and like mental endurance. So fasting is known to increase BDNF brain-derived neurotrophic factor, which increases brain cells. I had just gotten out of 40 years of Zen, which was, you know, one of the things that he suggested was, you know, doing lots of, you could do fasting as a way to supplement your brain activity because the results are, you know, six to 12 months. Well, I did that. So I was actually originally doing that because I thought, oh, well, I just want to improve my brain function. Well, little did I know, I ended up dropping, I think it's been just over 20 pounds, about 21 pounds during that time. How long of a time frame? I started about 
it was at the end of March, I started literally, I think it was the last day of March. So we're here filming today in the middle of May. So it's just probably 10 weeks, eight, eight, nine, eight, nine weeks. Oh, wow. And that's with less gym. <laughs> that's with less, less gym. Now I'll do a caveat. I was out in the sunshine a lot. As I indicated, I, I came over here to Sedona, Arizona, so I was getting a lot of sunshine. So there's certainly a vitamin D effect that I was getting that I wasn't, you know, although I love being in the sun, I certainly didn't get this much as I am getting now. But the interesting component is after my first month, of course, I was so excited about the results. I started sharing with my kind of insiders and they all started doing it. Now, the jury's still out on its effect for females. Katrine is doing it now and she's noticing some benefits, but she's about three weeks in. So she hasn't gone through a couple of full hormone cycles. So she's kind of regulating and optimizing that for women, particularly because I think there's some differences. But what I like about it is food regulation. So if you have a unhealthy psychological relationship with food, you don't have to worry about creating guilt around what you're eating on the off days or like, you know, on your, your calorie days. Because the 36 hours of fasting, you know, automatically regulates and mitigates the calorie consumption right off the bat. And so I've done it super clean weeks. I've done weeks where I've ate things like, you know, pizza and chocolate bars and stuff like that to see like, well, is this going to happen? Like, well, not like regular chocolate bars. I'm kind of a, I'm a, I'm a bit of a cacao snob. So I'll have some premium cacao. <laughs> Confessions need to be made, right? And 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 the same thing, we've noticed this with my friends. Matt's doing his version. He's doing a keto version of his. I'm doing this one. So, and then I've got an, another fellow of mine who's, you know, up in his 60s. And then now it's kind of proliferating. It's kind of kind of gone wild in my in my network because they're looking at me and they're like, wait, you you look amazing. And I'm like, I've actually not felt better in my life. So I'm doing that. I'm slamming the magnesium, doing my capex and all my enzyme stuff. So all that stuff was pretty regular anyways, but that was the big difference. And so for those people, I think looking at a very simple and easy weight management system, I think alternate day fasting. And I, I think it might come out that less, you know, maybe two days a week would be sufficient for some people. I don't know. We're still early into it, but we're very excited about the results because it's been it's been the easiest thing I've ever done in my life. We are going to have to talk about this more. I know. I think we're recording next week for the intermittent fasting podcast. I feel like we should open the show with this discussion because this is fantastic. Yeah, we should. I, I literally had a birthday, so I got to eat my cake. You know, have what they say, have your cake and eat it too. Well, I I I, I literally did that and had this beautiful cake on my birthday a few weeks ago and um you know what at the end of the week i was down in weight and i was going everybody needs to know about this <laughs> well actually so to that point so i'm not saying listeners if you're doing adf that you know you should go and just eat you know all the processed things but my current obsession right now is i've been diving in deep into the literature comparing the effects of fasting compared to cold exposure because they actually have very very similar effects in the body and they upregulate similar genes and they lead to you know obviously weight loss cold exposure because the body is raising metabolism creating brown fat to heat the body fasting because the obviously the body needs to feed itself. But what was fascinating and the reason and the way this ties into ADF was that actually cold exposure basically creates all of these effects with really honestly no side effects. There's not any 
issue or potential of like weight regain. It's pretty much all, all good things. Whereas with fasting, at least this was rodent studies that I was looking at, but it actually in the longer fasted state, and I don't know how long of a fast it would correlate to humans because this was in 24 hour fasted rats, which I don't know what that would correlate to. That might, might be more like a three day fast, but during the fast, the brown fat in the body and the subcutaneous tissue, which normally in fasting, we, we burn the visceral fat first, the brown fat and the subcutaneous tissue, which is actually the type of fat that you want to have, it actually genetically turns into white fat, which is the storage form of fat because it's prepping to become a backup reserve if you burn through all your visceral fat. So the point is, if you're doing a longer fast, you actually create genetic t- changes that may make your subcutaneous fat, and this is a crazy rabbit hole, may make your subcutaneous fat actually less, quote, healthy and more inflammatory. But the researchers found it was mitigated if it, if there was adequate refeeding. Um, and it actually talked about ADF. So you can actually switch back those genes in that fat. So basically, if you do ADF and you're not adequately refeeding, not having those feasting days, it could, you know, probably put your body into too much of a stress state. But when you're doing it properly, it sounds like you are. And, you know, the people that you're working with are feast away. It's really fun. When we get on that podcast, we'll dive into more of it because you can get both perspectives, what Matt's been experiencing, what I've been experiencing. And then hopefully we'll we'll get some, some of our female listeners to participate because I do know my chief researcher, Katrine, she's, she's working on it and working out some of the nuances. So I should get some feedback from her for that as well. That'd be awesome. Has he ever done carnivore? Matt, yeah, he's he's done it all. I mean, we're 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 pretty wild. I mean, he's done carnivore. I've done raw food. So you know, like that that's a, that's as extreme as it gets. Raw carnivore. Well, I don't think he's done raw carnivore. No, no, I I did. I because oh, I've done raw carnivore. Yeah, no, I know people do it, right? I've done the raw raw side. I'm crazy. I'm I'm like in your camp. <laughs> I'm like in your guys's camp. That's why we get along so well, and I think there's value in that. I don't like if you're pushing it and you have all the. I would say stop gaps and you have the right people around you to kind of support you in that journey, then it's, it's fun to be in the experiment zone. And then we come back and we tell people, Hey, here's the mistakes I made. Here's the things I learned. And here's how, you know, every day person can take advantage of it and apply it in a way that makes sense as opposed to being on the crazy train. Like we can be at times. Exactly. I can't tell you how many times people are like, Melanie, what do you do? And I'm like, don't ask me what I do. I was like, I'm like, I can tell you what I think maybe might help you, but don't do, don't do what I do. Cause I tend to like try everything in the extreme. Yeah. Was it, was that thing it's within the seventies? Like, please don't try this at home. Yes, exactly. Literally. <laughs> literally. <gasps> well, this has been absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. Like I said, I don't even know how many times we've, <laughs> I've interviewed you, but you were the best. And I'm super, super excited that we have next week to, to dive in even deeper on the other show. And also in the future, I would love to bring you on at some point to do an episode on more about like reverse dieting and getting out of, you know, issues that people work themselves into with, you know, chronic dieting, chronic bodybuilding, things like that. I think that would be an amazing episode. It's a huge one. And and especially for people that's gone down those extreme routes, it's something that you really have to, to be considerate of so that you don't get on that horrible metabolic damage program that happens so often for the extreme diets. Yeah. So maybe in the future we can have a, an episode on that because I think that could be so valuable for so many people. Sounds great. All right. Well, I will talk to you next week. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast. For more information, you can check out my book, What When Wine? 
lose weight and feel great with paleo-style meals, intermittent fasting, and wine, as well as my blog, MelanieAvalon.com. Feel free to contact me at podcast at MelanieAvalon.com. And always remember, you got it.